Book of Acts, chapter 2, 3, I'm sorry. Before we get really good and started on that, I wanted to do something else here. I heard a question asked, and I guess it was sincere, and the preacher gave a good answer for it. And I'm going to do this. The guy stood up and asked, one way of salvation. Are you telling us that there's no for a Buddhist or for a Muslim or for a Hindu or any of these others? What do they call it? Witchcraft? Wiccan. Wiccan, yeah. That there is no hope for them in their religion. And the answer was this. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Look at John 8. I was on this not long ago. <clears throat> now Jesus said this to the Pharisees. If you understand who the Pharisees were, Jesus was a Jew. They did exist when he was there. And we kind of think they still do. I think the Muslims think they still exist. I mean, with all the fighting going on over there, they're surely not fighting ghosts, are they? They're fighting people. Anyway. The Pharisees were the Orthodox Jews. But they weren't Orthodox in the true faith of the Bible. Because they rejected the Messiah, Jesus. Which proves that they weren't Orthodox in the truth. And then you had the Sadducees. Those were two particular groups of the Jews. You had some other splinter groups like the uh, uh, those that the claim John the Baptist came came from. The uh, no huh yeah uh, the uh, it seems that's who was trying to can you imagine why you'd have a rough time grabbing that, that name? The Essenes? Okay, we don't, we don't use that all the time. Anyway, so those are all different sects, S-E-C-T-S, divisions of the Jews. And that's who Jesus is addressing here in John 8 and verse 21. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye, that's second person plural, that's all those he's talking to, shall seek me and shall die in your sins, whither I go or where I go, ye cannot come. I believe Jesus effectively shut them out right there. Now, look at John 14. And Jesus says again, now this time he's talking to his disciples. A disciple was literally a learner of Jesus Christ, a learner, follower of Jesus Christ. All of the apostles were disciples, or at least supposed to be, but all of, uh, all of the disciples were not apostles. But all of his followers are disciples. All right, so that's who he's talking to here. And he says, verse 6, I am the way, a where? To God. I am the truth. 
There are no other truths that can open up the way to God other than Christ. And the life. He's the giver and sustainer of physical life. See, that's why these evolutionists, they say life just comes from the right collection of chemicals. That's, that's, what they, that's, that's where they say life comes from. Because they've got a big problem. They've got to get life from non-life. And if you listen to their Big Bang and all of their theories, nothing exploded. Fifteen billion years ago. Because they say all matter was reduced to smaller than a dot on a page. A period. Now wait a minute. You couldn't get that that small. That plastic bottle of water. You mechanics, what happens to your automobile if you get a spoonful of water in your combustion chamber of your engine, the piston? That engine is no more. Because what that engine does is compress gas. That's why you've got a I don't know anything about the fuel injection, but I know, I know the carburation, and I know one thing, that that gasoline that you pour into your tank, they, your engine can't compress that gasoline. It has to turn that gasoline to a gas, to a vapor, right? And then it compresses the vapor, diesel fuel alike. That's what those injectors do. They atomize it. That's the only thing that that engine can compress is gas, not liquid. Because you get in, you just get gas in there as a liquid, your engine's gone. The pistons are busted or the head's shot. You've got a major engine problem when you do that. And so they say everything in the universe, that's including all of the stars and the planets, the sun and the moon. I came out of here, I don't know, it was yesterday or Friday. Must have been Friday. Because I mean that sun was right up there, just above those trees. And I'm telling you, it was bright. It was big and it was bright. And it was 93 million miles from here. 93 million miles. You can't drive that many miles in a lifetime. A truck driver retires if he's got a million miles, certifiable miles. He's done a lot of trucking. But it's 93 million miles. What if it was a 90 million miles? We'd burn up. What keeps it where it is? And I got news for you. It's been where it is ever since God created it. What keeps it there? What keeps the earth where it is? He hanged the earth on nothing, and that's true. The earth is hung on nothing. If you had a big enough hula hoop, you could pass it right over the earth. The Greeks came up with Atlas who was holding it on his back. I don't know, there have been several other ridiculous uh, theories of what the earth's doing. But Job told us about 4,000 years ago that he hung the earth on nothing. 
And he was right. And he never had a telescope. He never had a, a rocket ship. He, hadn't, he couldn't tell that. You can't tell that by here. You can't tell that by looking out there. How can you tell the earth hangs on nothing? Only way you could do it is if you get up there and look back at it. And you got to get away up there to see that. But Job knew it 4,000 years ago and didn't even have a telescope. And didn't have a telescope until after what? Uh, uh, I don't know uh, who, who uh, what's his name? The Italian uh, inventor. I don't know who, who invented the telescope, but somebody invented it fairly recent time. Anyway, what I'm saying is that they say that the earth and everything here, how many trillions of stars are there? They do not know. They cannot number the stars. And all the planets and everything, everything that is, and this, this is a big earth. They say it's a little one. They just, because they ain't been on it. They ain't been nowhere. I know how far it is from the Bering Sea where you can see Russia. I'm like Sarah Palin. I can see Russia. I saw Russia from the deck of a ship. All the way to Sydney, Australia. And let me tell you, that is a long way. And let me tell you, there's a bunch of water. I've seen the water from... San Francisco to Hong Kong and all over Japan and Bering Sea to Australia. I've been all over the Pacific, folks, and there's a lot of water there. And there's a lot of land that goes with it. And they say that all of that was reduced to less than a dot. Now, what kind of stupid do you have to be to even entertain an idea like that. That's like we were talking about, about giraffes this morning. The Lamarckian theory is, I got something tickling my eye. The Lamarckian theory is this. He came up with it in the 18th century. That the reason giraffes have got 17 foot long necks. How many of you love giraffes? I know Phoebe does. She's got one. Y'all love giraffes? I love giraffes. I, they're one of the most beautiful of God's creation. And I just dearly love to go to the zoo and look at the giraffes. And they are gorgeous creatures. They really are. And that neck, my goodness. But Lamarck said the reason he, they've got that neck is because it started out as kind of like a mule or a donkey, just a regular neck. But the, but the trees dried up and they only had leaves at the top, so they started stretching to reach the trees. <laughs> And after millions of years of stretching, they got their necks stretched out, and then they passed it along to the next ones. Now, what kind of stupid do you have to be to entertain that? But you look that theory up. Lamarckianism. There's a whole bunch of so-called smart people that believe that. We know better than that. That giraffe was created like that. God designed that giraffe. A stupid idiot. Uh, it'd be like uh, if a man becomes a Mr. Olympia, big body builder like uh, uh, Ronald, or not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Does that mean he's going to pass that on to his kids? Heck no. <laughs> no, you ain't pass nothing like that on. You got your genes and God gave you those. And that's all you've got. Anyway, but they say, we, nothing, essentially nothing, that's nothing less than a dot, that's less than nothing, exploded. And after billions of years of raining on the rocks, the pond scum came, and we came out of the pond scum. That's what they teach at the University of Kentucky. I've heard what's her name out, was out there, uh, Eugenie Scott. She taught it at the University of Kentucky, and she ain't the only one. And they teach it in the, that's why these teachers are make way too much money. 
for what they're teaching these kids. They're, they're destroying them. Anyway, that's where they say it all came from. But Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, not pond scum. That's where all life, physical and spiritual life, comes from. So, what about these, these people? The Buddhist, the Muslim, because they don't believe in Jesus. The Hindus. You see who the Hindus believe in? Somewhere back there, I had a book somebody gave me that had a bunch of pictures of all the Hindu gods. I mean, they got, they got women that got 14 arms. I mean, weird looking things. But is that the way for them to get to their nirvana or their heaven? There ain't no heaven they're going to. And that's what Jesus said. You all, because you have rejected me, you will die in your sin. Now, we're all going to die. Write that down. Kids, we need to understand that. You don't need to have somebody protecting you from that. That's the truth. Unless the Lord comes back, everybody's going to die. You ain't going to get out of here alive. Nobody ever has, except for Enoch and Elijah. But you're not going to get out of here alive. All right, so anyway. Yes, the answer to that question is, he is the only way. The only way to God. All right. Now let's look at... Uh, Acts chapter 3. I'd like to read this whole thing. But this lame man had been healed in chapter 3. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the, uh, at the hour of prayer being the night there. Ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. This man had been crippled since he was birth, born. And Peter and John healed him. It said in verse 6, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Boy, it sounds like a couple of Baptist preachers, doesn't it? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He had never walked a day in his life. He had to be carried. What a miserable existence he's had. Now, Peter and John miraculously they've healed him and look what he did verse 8 and he for the first time in his life ever <laughs> jumped up <laughs> leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking praising God see he was doing the right thing wasn't he Amen. okay and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, or healed, uh, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered, or answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Now, you would never hear uh, Benny Hinn saying that. Because he'd never heal anybody. But anybody thought this healed, you'd never hear him, look here, I'm the one who did that. Send your money to me. But that's not what the apostles did. 
The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. <coughs> Land the axe to the root of the trees, isn't he? There's the blame. But you all denied the Holy One and the Just One and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Let me tell you what, that's not the last time they'll ever hear that. They're going to hear that at the great white throne judgment. And you killed the prince or the author of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. That's what apostles were witnesses of. The gospel, the resurrection. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath, he, hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. He doesn't have to go to therapy sessions. And now, brethren, I wot or know that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers, but those things which God before has showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. That is up to now. The mouth of all of his prophets. Now, he says, verse 19. Repent ye, therefore. You all repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, Jesus had already come, He's talking about a time in the future. Now we immediately go from fulfilled prophecy to unfulfilled prophecy. Agreed? Amen. I'm not misrepresenting this, Emma. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive. Well, back in chapter 1, what did we see? Jesus Christ ascended up the clouds received him. He went back to the right hand of the Father. He says, whom the heaven must receive. And the, the heavens have already received him back. He went up physically, bodily, just like he came down. And he's going to come down that way again. Until <laughs> the times of restitution. Verse 19, the times of refreshing, might say cooling off. Restitution, the restoring, the remaking. Somebody says, oh, I was just talking about the new heaven and new earth. No, 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 no. The new heavens and new earth is not a remaking of anything. The heavens and the earth shall pass away with the great noise. There won't be anything to remake, but there will be a lot to make anew. Which cannot be the same thing. All you folks listen to here, you believe that preterist garbage. This is unfulfilled prophecy. It didn't get fulfilled then. You've got fulfilled prophecy, but it left the fulfillment and now entered into the unfulfilled. Fulfillment. Okay. I've got a lot of scripture here. But, uh, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things. Hmm. Which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And it looks to me like you ought to be able to find prophecies of the restitution of the heavens and the earth and the setting up of the thousand year millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ. It looks to me like the prophets talk about it. Unless you got some, some devil that tells you it doesn't mean anything. 
Jesus didn't say it didn't mean anything. Matter of fact, he's telling us it means a whole lot. Well, let's get on with this. Anyway, and it shall come to pass, for Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, that's Deuteronomy 18, like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever you shall say unto you. Now we talked about some of this in Sunday school. When you're following the Lord, what matters? When matters? And also where matters? What, when, and where? It all matters, doesn't it, brother? As I miss what you talking about, David and all the on all that. What, when, and where? Remember that. You're going to follow the Lord what, when, where? All right. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Uh-oh. Isn't that what Jesus just said? You shall die in your sins? Okay. Uh, I'll quit right there. Look at Isaiah 40 real quick. I need to clean this Bible out sometime. Now, as with much prophecy, it has a, at least a dual fulfillment. The voice of him, verse 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, I think there's a sense in which John the Baptist fulfilled that spiritually, doctrinally, but I believe there's another fulfillment of it, and I believe we're talking about it right now, the times of restitution. You see, if we're going to have a thousand-year millennial reign, when Christ literally, physically rules on the earth, and people, even lost people, are going to live the best part of a thousand years. We've got to have, there, death is going to be rare. Sickness is going to be rare. And you read the, the prophets on what's going to happen. We've got to have an earth able to handle all that. Well, guess what? We're going to get it. Now we say the great tribulation and the time of the wrath of God. Are there going to be things done to this earth that's going to prepare it. And I say absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get on some more of this. So, the great day of his wrath is coming. You read in Revelation, a great, earth, great earthquakes in divers places, there shall be a great shaking Well, what's all that going to do? The mountains will be brought down. You might think the mountains are pretty solid, but they're kind of not. Matter of fact, when they make these cut-throughs for the interstates and roads, and you see all those layers, that's all limestone rock. How did those layers get there? Well, they got there during the flood. Amen. That's why there's fossils between those layers. If you're going to find fossils, that's where you go to find them. Those fossils are between those layers because you take, you take a big clear bucket, five-gallon bucket, and you take a few shovelfuls of gravel and dirt and sand and then fill it up with water and then put it on one of those paints, put a lid on it, 
and put it on one of those paint shakers. You get all that stuff just mixed up there and it won't take a matter of maybe seconds till every bit of that stuff will settle out in distinct layers. Well, what do you think we had during Noah's flood? If the floods went above the highest hills that we had, and we didn't have those Mount Everest mountains, but we had high hills, and it says above those high hills, <coughs> how far above? We know it was far enough that the draft of the ark could clear it. The whole earth was underwater. And I don't know why Bill Nye says there's no evidence of a, you know, a universal flood. I don't know why Hugh Ross says that. There's no place on earth that you can, that you, uh, can dig and not find evidence that it, it's been underwater. What are we doing with seashell fossils here? Now the good old state of Kentucky doesn't have sense enough to, to vote for the right governor. You know, but, but and they're pretty stupid in a lot of ways. But I like the old state. I'm, I'm partial to it. I, I kind of like it. But you know we are bound in. You got to go from here all the way to the east coast of Virginia to get to the ocean. If you never made that trip, that's a long trip. You, anybody ever drive from here to, to the uh, Newport or what is it? Uh, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach. That's a long drive. Well, you, you can't hardly get to the ocean north. You can get to the Great Lakes, finally get to the Arctic Ocean, but you, gotta, you can't drive that far. You can't get there. And to go south to the Gulf of Mexico, that's a pretty long drive. That'll drive you all about all night. And if you're going to the west coast, that's a great big drive. We, we don't have any ocean around us. Everybody loves the beach, but we don't have one. Only beach I ever saw before I went to Florida was Boonesboro. That's where we used to go to, go to the beach, was Boonesboro. Now they've, they've filthied up the water so much you can't go there. What kind of idiots throw their raw sewage in a river? Devilish idiots that don't care about anybody else. Uh, just so they don't have to spend money on a septic tank. But anyway, getting it all in here, aren't we? Uh, but why can I... Dig, don't have to dig, really just go go over there across the bridge, Clay's Ferry, where you got that exposed, yeah. and pick up a rock and you find seashells in it. Now you don't have to be a mental heavyweight to figure this out. Little kids can figure this out. But Eugenia Scott and that bunch of professors out there, they ain't got sense enough to figure it out. What in the world are we doing with seashells in Kentucky? In the middle of Kentucky. The flood of Noah's day, that's the only answer. You know, over 95% of all the fossils they find are seashells. Bottom dwellers of the ocean. Why would that be? Because that's, it got kicked up. Anyway, There's going to come a time that all this is going to be redone. And it's called the time of restitution. Amen. Well, you look and see what all is going on today. And I will, I will admit, it's been going on for some time. I mean, we've never really had an <coughs> extended godly time in America. Never really. Not really. There's been all kinds of stuff, but I'm telling you, it has gotten times worse in the last 20 years. Things that we, have we would never have dreamed possible, and it's going on 
and people are accepting it. I mean, I'll be real honest about you. I, I mean, just, I mean, most people, I mean, well, how could you vote for a man that opens up all of the abortion clinics in the state that's closed? How could you vote for a man that is, or a woman, that is for murdering unborn babies? The one in Washington, the one in Frankfurt. That's tops on their agenda. So why are there other things good about them? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Let's go to death row and get a, get a serial killer, rapist, murderer. Well, he's got some good things going for him. Really? Something stands out above everything else. And that's what does. Something ought to stand out to you. But these people don't care. They don't care what God says. They don't care. <clears throat> Where'd these people come from? There used to be a time when people even had some uh, respect for what the word of God teaches. But it says, thou shalt do no murder. Amen. And God hates everyone that sheds innocent blood. And yet we vote for them and keep them in office. They do it nationally. They do it statewide. I thought Kentucky was a Bible Belt state, but obviously not. If they believed the Bible, they couldn't vote for such a man. Anyway, things have gotten so bad. Now we're teaching our kids that they can change from a boy to a girl or from a girl to a boy. Well, you'd have to be pretty stupid to think that. Can't happen. I don't care what you cut off or glue on. I don't care what you do. You ain't changing what God made you as. You say, well, I got these feelings. Well, let me tell you what. We're all depraved. We've all got sinful natures. And we've all got inclinations to do a whole lot of stuff. Read what's in the heart. Jesus said it in Matthew and Mark. Uh, what's in the heart. If you let yourself go, you can do anything. Absolutely. You can do it and, and, and flourish with it. I mean, uh, bank robbers, uh, you might rob a bank and get to where you like it. They all seem to do that. Next thing you know, you say, well, I, that was in me. I just had to do it. <laughs> or you might murder somebody and get to liking it. That's what these hit men do. They get to liking it. That's what these rapists do. They theorize it, think of it, think of it, pornography and all that. Then they imagine it. Then they let themselves go peep, and then they go beyond that. Then they rape a woman. And then finally that's not enough. Now they strangle her or they cut her up in pieces. It happens every day. Those people weren't born doing that. They started it. My old pappy used to say, son, what you don't start, you don't have to quit. <laughs> but they start. That's, all right, let's, let's, look at, let's look at drugs. All of the drugs and the, the drug rehabs of people. You'd be amazed you see how many people are in those drug rehab places. How did that happen? They started the drugs. If they'd never started them, they wouldn't be there. How about the alcoholics? You hear about alcoholics, they got to have the alcohol. Well, if they don't drink it, they don't have to have it. You don't have to do that. You do that because you want to do it, because you want to do it, and then you become addicted to it. That's what they say, addicted to it. But then you just get turned over to it. God talks about turning them over to a reprobate mind, a mind that is void of judgment. Well, all this stuff is going on. It's just unbelievable. Uh Jesus said it's coming. Look at verse, uh, chapter 11 of Isaiah. 
The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Has that happened yet? Had that happened at the time of Jesus? Had that happened as of 70 A.D.? And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. Had that happened as of 70 A.D.? And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Had that all occurred by 70 A.D.? And the cow and the bear shall feed. ho, ho, ho. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. Now, you know an asp is one of the more poisonous snakes in the world. That's supposedly what Cleopatra committed suicide with. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. And that's another Poisonous snake. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. <coughs> For the Lord, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, is that true? As of today, is that true? Has it ever been true? Then we'd have to say that's unfulfilled prophecy, wouldn't we? Even at this late date, that's unfulfilled prophecy. Now, hold, or look at Micah. Go on a little bit. Minor prophets. Micah. Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. Chapter 4 and verse 3. And he shall judge among many people. And rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into pruning hooks, into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Now, has that been fulfilled up till now? In any way, shape, matter, or form has it been fulfilled? Have we ever entered into an era where a nation did not learn war? If you'd ever want to check a little history, the Great War was the First World War. They said that was a war that was going to end all wars. And it was over, what, 1918 or 19, about 18, wasn't it? We only sent it a couple of years, 17, 18. Now, there were some, some wars after that, smaller ones. But it wasn't long till Adolf Hitler spreading his wings in the 30s. And by 1939, Adolf Hitler in a country that was supposed to be, had their wings cut, clipped in the Treaty of Versailles, Versailles I'm for sales, that's over there. Versailles, over there. They attacked Poland. Well, they, they attacked Czechoslovakia, uh, other places before that. But I mean, in 39, they attacked Poland. Full force, it was called a blitzkrieg, lightning war. Nobody had ever seen a war like that. I'm talking about bombers, fighters, tanks, artillery, troops. I mean, they went into Poland. Poland was still, some of their military was still riding horseback. And here they come out, those Poles, very brave with their swords and their, and their, and their horses, coming out attacking the tiger tanks. They might not have had tigers that early, but, but they had tanks. A Poland was wiped out. And the next thing you know, he's done wiped out most of Europe. He attacked Paris, took France, Holland. I thought WW1 was supposed to end all wars. That's what they said. Read your history. That's what it was. 
But now here in 1939, barely 20 years later, but it really didn't just start. I mean, it's already been going on. But barely 20 years later, we're in another world war. This is WW2. After World War II was over, bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and the D-Day when attacked Germany, brought Germany to, to unconditional surrender again. Now that war's over. But immediately, you start looking at the Korean War. Now most people, kids don't even know anything about that because these communists that are teaching our kids in the public schools are denying them our history. But what I'm trying to show you is that wars have been, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars and it's never stopped. It's going on now. And now what, you got Vietnam. Then you've got Desert Storm. And you've got, what do you got now? You've got Gaza. You've got Israel and Gaza. And you've got Hamas. And you've got uh, Hezbollah in Syria. And we've already had over 45 men, soldiers, wounded. I don't know how many has been killed. We haven't heard that yet. But we're fighting in Syria right now. That idiot in the White House, he can't even put a wreath on a monument. I'm telling you the truth. Look at the news. War is going on. That has, what did he say? And neither shall they learn. No, nation shall not lift up a sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Now, I'm not the only one to ever read that. Do you know where this and Isaiah, do you know where they appear? You can see them every day on the United Nations building in Washington, D.C., New York, Washington. They've got it engraved on stones up there. Have you seen them? Anybody here seen them? I haven't seen them personally, but you, you pulled up on Google. Guarantee you can get it, see it there. They've got those engraved, those verses engraved in stone. No, that hadn't been fulfilled yet. And certainly if it ever is, it won't, the United Nations won't have anything to do with it. Anyway, yeah, there's going to come a time of refreshing. There's going to come a time of restitution, but it, oh, I'm not even talking about pollution, so-called problems. Uh, now they're, they're talking about the, the global warming, climate change. Is everybody happy when you've got a beautiful weather in the first half of November? Or would you want the below zero snow and ice? Why are you, why are they messing with us? Trying to bad mouth warming. Everybody would be better off with warming. That ain't going to hurt anybody. Matter of fact, it'll help most people on the planet. The only ones that can live in that below zero weather are those that have got the, the know-how and the money to outfit themselves for it. Because you've got to be ready for it. Uh, you can live in a, a mud hut and a thatched roof as long as it doesn't get dropped below uh, 70 or 75. Just keep the rain off of you. It's all you need. You can, you can make it there. You can grow something year-round. You, why? You go to, you go to, go to a a produce market in Brazil, any time of year, you can't believe how many different vegetables and fruits that are there fresh, just picked. You talk about bananas, you talk about whatever. There's one little old fruit looks like a hand grenade called, a, I think it's a onsa or something. Anyway, Man, that thing's sweet. 
Oh, I've never had seen one of them. There's all kinds of fruits and vegetables. They get year round. There's never a time that you can't have a bowl of, of tomatoes and onions and all of the good stuff to make a salsa. They always, that goes on every Brazilian table if they've got the money to have a meal. It's on there and you got it, you put it on into thing. Oh, I love it. You'd love it too. Uh, anyway, but you can do that all year long. Because they've got weather that you can do that. I was thrilled to see in Homestead, Florida in the month of January, they're setting out tomato plants. When do you set out your tomato plants? April, May? January. You wouldn't dare set them out in January, would you? But they set them out in January. In Brazil, they'll probably do it before that. But when this time comes, this peace on earth, and when animals no longer kill each other, they go back to like the original eating vegetables. That's what it was. It will not be through the efforts of man. It will only be through the Lord who is the way, the truth, and the life. <clears throat> but before that, there's going to be a restitution. There's going to be a getting this earth ready for what it's going to face for the next thousand years. And that's what we're talking about. Look at uh, Revelation 11. Oh, I'm going to have to pick and choose. I will give power, verse 3. It says, 42, 40 and two months in verse 2. And I'll give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. And then I'm going to go on to save time. Uh, these have power, verse 6, to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn them to blood. To smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony. The beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit. Now these guys say that doesn't exist. It exists in my Bible. And that's where I'm going to stick. And it shall make war against them. That is the two witnesses. And those are incidentally two men. And shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified, and that hones that in. That's Jerusalem. But the Lord calls them Sodom and Egypt because of their wickedness, their idolatry. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer or allow their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell on them uh, upon the earth <laughs> shall rejoice over them. Make merry, shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. There's something already gone on for three and a half years. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, Unto them, come up hither, and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake. Now we've already known from Matthew 24 that there will be earthquakes in divers places. Now we've got a great earthquake. That might be the big booger that knocks California off. And it could do it right here at that fault down there in West Kentucky. We got San Andreas Fault and the what's the other one? New Madrid. Huh? The New Madrid. Yeah, New Madrid. That's one we've got. The New Madrid. Yeah. A great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, 
And in the earthquakes were slain of men, 7,000. That's a bunch, isn't it? <laughs> and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. That's just the remnant. Well, look at verse 18. The nations were angry, and thy wrath has come. Oh, you mean it's not over yet? No. His wrath has just come. <clears throat> See, there's two parts of this. There's the great tribulation, and then there's the wrath of God. You have to deny the Bible not to agree with that. They call it all the tribulation, but it's not. Only half of it is the great tribulation, not normal tribulation. And the second half is the wrath of God. That they, the time of the dead, they should be judged, that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants of prophets, to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldst destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. I think we find that somewhere else that those hailstones are a talent, 95-pound hailstones. Anybody remember when they used to have ice houses? Down there on Maxwell Street, at Pine Street in Maxwell, great big house, uh, ice house. Down on uh, 3rd Street, going down there between 3rd and uh, Midland. Right there, a great big place. There was an ice house there. You go in there, we just did, all the workers went there. You had your cooler. You didn't go to a convenient and get a bag of ice. They didn't have such a thing. If you want to get ice, you go down to the ice house. You order up, you get 25 pounds, you get 50 pounds, get a 100 pound block of ice. And they had the, the ice picks that, the, that you carried it with. Anybody remember that? And those guys could use, well, they could use a, an ice pick. You ever say just a plain ice pick? Well, they could, they could pick that thing and you, and you got to where you could work them too. You get those big blocks of ice. But let me tell you what, most of them, the biggest they got was 50 pound block. A 50 pound block of ice is a whole lot. What about a 95 pound block of ice? And what about them falling from heaven as hail? How do you escape that? You think this roof would stand that? You think that roof would stand that? Not on your life. I think that fire station on, on uh, Man of War that's got, got the grass on the roof, that might stand it. But other than that, I mean, you're talking about a lot of stuff. And you look at Revelation 6, and the mountains are removed out of their places. I mean, we're looking, we're looking at some stuff. Uh, yeah, look at Revelation 6. I've got to quit this. Verse 12, when I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of air, and the moon became as blood. Didn't say it was, it as blood. And the stars of heaven fell upon the earth. Now, wait a minute. They tell us that the stars ain't nothing but gas. I don't think a ball of gas landing on the earth would do a lot, unless it right on you how much destruction is that going to be I don't know whether they're balls of gas or not I think that's what they think but they ain't never been there they ain't never seen one nor will they ever get there to see them but God's going to show us the stars because they're going to fall right on the earth and what will they do nothing or will they do something well the stars of heaven fell into the earth even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs. Well, a green fig, like a green apple, if it falls and hits you off of that tree, it's going to hurt your head, isn't it? And he says, these stars, now how big are these stars? Ha, come on. 
you gotta, you got to realize what you're reading here. Uh, when she is shaken of a mighty wind, the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Ah, and the kings of the earth and the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men and every bond man, every free man hid themselves in the rocks, in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us now not to kill us. They're not asking the rocks to fall on them to kill us. And hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Huh? Oh, the love of Jesus. But here Jesus tells us that the Lamb is going to expend wrath on this earth. For the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? Now, folks, yes, there's coming a time of refreshment. Yes, there's coming a time of restitution to prepare this world to receive the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Amen. that he sits on the throne of David in Jerusalem, and rules and reigns with the rod of iron for a thousand years. Amen. That hasn't been fulfilled yet. Don't let anybody tell you that it has been. Amen. 